We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 14, rankings debate. By position, you want a position, you hit the description, jump to the time codes, or just jump to the ranking list, because they're all down there as well. Smash the like, sub to the channel if you want to run your own projections, get your daily fantasy lineups optimized for you, and access the prop tool, runthesims.com slash mayo, but most importantly, join the DraftKings Listeners League. It is now open. This is the first chance to get the link. Go reserve your spot. Link is down in the description. $15 to play, three max entry, no rank, thus making it the best tournament on DraftKings. Jake Seeley, theathletic.com, at all in kid on the Twitter machines is on the line. Sir, it's make or break week with all these bye weeks. <laughs> Perfect timing for it, right? Another 16 by apocalypses, everybody says. And yeah, perfect timing. Trying to get into your playoffs to have not only that, as I'm sure we're going to talk through this with the myriad of injuries that we also just suffered in week 13. It's like, who's left? That's who we're ranking. Fortunately, if your team has substantial week 14 bye week issues, chances are your team probably wasn't very good. <laughs> Given the teams that are on the bye this week, yeah, there's there's a good chance. If I'm thinking about it, I mean, oh yeah, I mean you could add ter- like look, I mean you could add yes, Terry, you, yeah, you could yeah, have picked you know, up you know Watson. What? You know what? Yes, you're right. You could have had the optimal lineup from the six bye week. <laughs> That's teams. what I was gonna say. Generally <laughs> speaking, say. Uh, the guys on those teams are not very good. I went and did the my, no. when I did my quarterback rankings. I always list the bye weeks at the top. Then I go remove everyone from the rankings and drop them down into the bye section. And I was going through. It's like, well, I had Fields. Fields was at like number seven or something like that last week. So yeah. I dumped him back down. Then I couldn't find the rest of the guys. Like, oh, they're all at the bottom. Oh, yeah. The, the quarterbacks definitely are an issue. Running back and wide receiver might be a little bit in tight end, really not an issue. So it's just it's we got danged at running back and wide receiver, though. There's there's some options there, especially if you were picking up Mega Watson. There's your nickname. Uh, I don't care if you like it or not. Uh, there, if you picked him, he could be this year's Amaran St. Brown, not on the volume, but on the production wise. And somebody was hopefully trying to get in the playoffs with him. That's terrible timing with that. I suppose that's true. I am in desperate need of a quarterback in my main league trying to get in, but it has nothing to do with the bye weeks. It has to do with Lamar Jackson, and I'm not feeling good at the moment. Huntley. I, I mean, well, I guess we'll get into this. Just a quick question off the top. Would you start Huntley against Pittsburgh or Sam Darnold against the Seahawks? Because I pick Sam Darnold. Huntley. No, Huntley. And this week, so I actually even asked Funston on our show yesterday, and I said, would you start Huntley in that situation or Tom Brady in San Francisco? And he's like, Huntley, like that. I think that's where we are. Huntley's going to run. I was it two touchdowns and four interceptions. So you're not looking for him to light the world on fire passing wise, but he's essentially, you know, discount Lamar Jackson. And if you take that in their matchup versus going to San Francisco with the way that Tom Brady, like, I know he bailed out that game at the end last night, but 
I, I, how do you start Tom Brady? And there's no way I'm starting Sam Darnold. You can have, they're not going to let him throw it 30 times. Even if the game script potentially goes that way, they're just not letting him do it. Sam Darnold loves rushing touchdowns. Never forget that. <laughs> okay. That's the only upside that Darnold has this weekend because he's facing Seattle. I mean, it's the facing Seattle part that's really doing it for me, but that's in the future. We'll get to those quarterback rankings. Let's start okay. with running back. Okay. I still have Eckler at number one this week. Uh, half point PPR, obviously. And so Eckler, Henry, Jacobs, McCaffrey, Chib, Ramondre Stevenson, assuming no Damian Harris, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Travis Etching, and Tony Pollard. I don't care if he gets like 40% of the touches in this backfield. They're playing Houston. That seems good enough for me. <laughs> Those seem good enough for you and good enough for me as well. The only one that you haven't gotten to yet is I'd move Mixon. I know he's coming off the concussion situation, but if he's cleared, he's facing Cleveland, who just let Damian Pierce have his ceiling game of the second half of the season. I would play Joe Mixon. And I know P. Ryan's been great, but P. Ryan also probably getting a split going forward in the passing game. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden say, oh, P. Ryan, you get 15 carries and Joe Mixon gets 15. So I would slide Joe Mixon up a little bit, but I mean, that's that's nitpicky. I think it's more interesting the fact that we have both Cowboys inside the top 12 this week. Well, it's, it's a fantastic matchup. It's not like I've buried it Joe is. Mixon in the rankings. Joe Mixon's at number no. 11 in the rankings. He's still a running back one, but a low-end running back one, mainly for, I agree with what you're saying. It's not like it's going to be 15-15 for P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, but some of that passing game work that he had earlier in the season does seem like it might switch over to P. Ryan. Although if Mixon's on the field, he can still backdoor his way into catches that's not necessarily the problem I just think that instead of like an 80 20 split you're probably looking like a 70 30 65 35 split at this point just to make sure that Joe Mixon is healthy at the same time too yeah but it's that's the thing is it's not a knee or a calf or something like it's just a concussion so if he's cleared just he's a roll, concussion. Uh, oh, I'm sorry no never had a brain injury Jake <laughs> hey, I'm actually going for an MRI on my neck on the 14th, so thank you very much. Uh, the, no, it, my point being is if you're cleared, you're cleared for this. Like, there's not a, you know, there is the risk of multiple concussions because once you get one, we all know that it opens the door to potentially more. But just the fact this is like, you're either playing or it's it's like satellite service. You either get it or you don't. There's not like a, it's a, a you know, you've got 80% of it. So that's why I would say going against Cleveland, the only thing that can maybe go the sideways is if Deshaun Watson shakes off all the rust in one week and all of a sudden makes this a competitive game. But if we're going anything off of what Deshaun Watson was in his first game back, throwing Mark Rippon balls 10 feet in front of the, the like every single receiver he had, I don't know that Cincinnati just doesn't walk this game over them. Oh, you mean foot fetish Deshaun Watson wanted to hit everyone in the ankles with his passes? <laughs> oh, that actually makes sense. There you go. <laughs> yeah, too bad Rex Ryan's not his coach. Then he'd be up to something. Although, oh my God. <laughs> last week, you could have just kind of went with the theory, you know, Burrow can't lose to Kansas City. So just bet on the Bengals because they're going to win this game. Conversely, Joe Burrow can't beat the Browns. It's impossible for him to beat the Browns. So inherently, this is going to be a competitive game. <laughs> So that's what you're going. So you're betting on the Browns then? I will be betting on. Yeah, I think it's plus six and a half right now. Yeah, I'll be betting on the Browns. Oh, well, yeah, with the spread, I just I thought you were going to say straight up because he can't beat them. Well, I mean, maybe straight up I should do that. Do like a 75-25 sprinkle. Hold but on. if they cover the six and a half, inherently the game is going to be close. Right, 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 right. Okay, but I forget that. I, we don't usually, we don't barely ever talk spreads and picks and stuff like on your show with this because this is about rankings. But however... Did you see the minus one to Detroit? Yeah, I did. It's minus one and a half now. Uh, am I drunk or am I like smashing the living hell out of the Vikings in this one? Well, the Vikings. So I, I had planned to bring this up on the spread show, which comes out on Wednesday. Or if you sub to the newsletter, also free down in the description, you get that a night early. So I'd highly recommend that. Just like you get some Omaha steaks. Jake, do you eat a ton of meat or are you like a non-meat guy? <laughs> No, I am. A, I love my. I actually make really good steaks. Uh, you can ask anybody. So steaks and chicken and stuff like that. I, I always want to try those delivery steak things. Well, well, here you go. Everything on the site at omahasteaks.com right now is 50% off just everything. All the packages. They make the easiest Christmas gifts to send for like your dad or 
uncle or myself co yeah yourself co-worker like i sent one to cam I'm like what can i get cam for christmas for like a holiday gift oh i'll send him some steaks and chicken he'll enjoy this so omahasteaks.com everything's 50 percent off code mayo get you another 30 dollars off on top of the 50 percent wow. off as long as you hit like a 150 dollar minimum spend but most of the stuff is like 150 bucks because you're getting these like 350 dollar packages for a buck 50 so i'm very excited uh, i got my box and it has been delicious so far although I, i've saved one for cuss so he can cook it which i assume is just like putting it in a frying pan and spraying pam on it <laughs> are you sure are you sure at least sure cuss doesn't like boil his steaks or something stupid like that boil his i mean it'd be pretty i mean i'm just shocked he doesn't microwave them so i, I feel like putting them in a pan although spraying pam on them is actually like a step up for him <laughs> Oh wow, it's pretty funny. Wait, so how did how did this circle how did this line circle around to the Omaha Steaks thing? Where did, where did the connection come into? I don't know. It's just everyone's gonna get taken by Minnesota anyway. What I wanted to bring up on the show is that like there is no whinier fan base right now than the Minnesota Vikings fan base. It's outrageous, <laughs> and I get the amount of disrespect that they feel because no one thinks this team is any good. But it's not just like me saying it or Jeff saying it or you saying it. Like the bookmakers are telling us that they don't think Minnesota's very good. <laughs> That's I get it, and I don't think Minnesota is the true Super Bowl contender of the NFC. No, well, you know what? Just by, just by saying that, you don't think they're any good, Jake. How dare you disrespect them? I hope you die. <laughs> These are like the messages. That I get. <laughs> like, calm I mean, down. Well, I, I know it's I know it's cold in Saint Paul right now, but like, chill the wait, fuck wait. out. <laughs> Wait, wait, all that, was that just all the stuff you were just reading out of my comments? Is that what it was? No. I, I, I still, I'm getting a little bit of that for the Cam Akers still this year, so. Hey, hey, you know what? It circled all the way back around. You were right about Cam Akers. We both were. <laughs> no, I still wasn't. <laughs> Sean McVay hates me. Hey, Sean McVay hates my life. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, point being, like, I just thought that was weird. Like, I, I know what Detroit's been doing. I've been watching. They're super exciting, especially for fantasy. But I know Minnesota's better than, like, it's... You know what I'll compare the Minnesota Vikings to, which will probably make them lose their shit even more when I'm about to say this, is it's the Baker Mayfield syndrome. Is you're not as good as the hype is, but you're also not as bad as everybody wants to crap on you for. Like so, like you're in the middle. Like Baker Mayfield's not as bad as we've seen this year. He's also not as good as everybody thought he was going to be coming out of college. But it's a perception problem. That's what the Vikings are dealing with. They are a contender. A playoff contender, but they're not as bad as everybody wants to poo-poo them, and I would take them straight up on the road against Detroit, which was my point. I can see that. I'm still wishy-washy on which way I want to go in that game because Detroit should have beat them the first time around. And Detroit is playing much better ball at the moment, especially defensively. And listen, the the Vikings would be the best team in the league if you got to have their best one and a half quarters every game because they look unstoppable (laughs) for about 20 minutes, and then they look disastrous for the rest of the time. Mm, that's true. Although the, that finally, when what was the Patriots game like? Hey, prime time, Kirk Cousins, Patriots, and for some reason it was just like terrific. But it was funny, even in that game. Like I, I was on. I mean, I've been betting Minnesota, so I'm actually winning money on all this stuff. As everyone kind of goes against them, it's just like they're the Raiders from last year. Just any kind of close game, they are going to win. They they have it this year, and then next year it's going to go totally the opposite way, more than likely. But even in the Patriots games, like how did they come back in that game? They had a weird kickoff return touchdown, which like never. Never happens anymore. Yeah. And yeah. Should we get back to running backs, by the way? Yeah. Mixon is at uh, number 11. The latest report, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, is that but per Zach Taylor, per, yeah, per Zach Taylor, he could clear concussion protocol this week. Well, that's good because I thought he almost cleared it last week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this was at least, we're getting this at least early in the week, though. We're getting this uh, way ahead of time this time. Well, I mean, if not, okay, let's just live in a world, again, if he doesn't play, Piran's top five running back? Uh, Barkley, even with that situation, I don't know if he can, I don't know if I, I would. I would, pl- I would play Piran over Barkley. I'd play him over Stevenson. Would you? I don't know if I could do that. I would. The Eagles yeah, I mean, run defense you can, de- is suspect- you, can de- you can definitely do it. It's not a problem. And getting Davis back last week really stymied what uh, teams were doing against the Eagles. Their run defense, I don't know if it's like back, but it's a whole lot better than it was three weeks ago. Sure, but the Eagles have also, not, like, percept- that's another one perception-wise. It, it's not a good matchup, but it's not the worst matchup. It's not facing the 49ers. It's not facing the Denver Broncos. So I, I don't have a problem with Barkley, especially speaking of getting pieces back. 
got some of his offensive line back, and that immediately made a difference last week against Washington, which had been and is still one of the top run defenses. I mean, it sort of made a difference. What do you have, like 65 rushing yards? No, but, I mean, he was able to get into space and do what he does in space. Like he st- And scored a touchdown. I still take – look, we're nitpicking here. I'm just saying, Parkley's where I probably draw the line. I actually, no. Dalvin Cook against Detroit, I draw the line there. I'd put P. Ryan at nine. I'd put P. Ryan at six ahead of Ramondre Stevenson. Assuming no Damian Harris. Okay. If Damian Harris plays, where would you drop Stevenson down to? I'd probably put him at eight. Pollard. I gonna say I would say ahead of ETN after Dalvin Cook if if Damian Harris is active. Uh, I Somewhere. might put him after Tony Pollard. Yeah, he's still top ten right there. Basically, that's what we're saying. Mm. I just if, if you put him after if, 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 if you put him after Tony Pollard, he'd be number ten for you. Yeah, so that, that, that's I don't have a problem with that. It's just they they like to go away from. Although, hell, if there's no Damian Harris, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see like DraftKings wise. Is I'm going right. Oh, the disappointment coming off of Stevenson from last week. I'm going to be smashing some Stevenson in my lineup if there's no Damian Harris. Yeah, it's Monday night though, so you're not going to get him in the main lineup. Ah, hey, you're right. I Trick, forgot. Tricking you, tricking you on that one. So 11 through 20, I, we talked about Mixon and Zeke. They're 11 and 12. This is just the smash spot of all smash bots for Dallas running backs, especially as long as the defense doesn't just score touchdowns every play. Maybe they can turn it over on the 20-yard line or something like that. Sanders, Connors, Jamal Williams, Najee Harris. I have DJ Dallas, wiki wiki Dallas, at number 17, assuming no Ken Walker, no Tony Jones Jr., and no Travis Homer, which it's looking like it's probably going to be. Obviously, the rankings will change if those guys are declared active. Uh, If people tuned into the Saturday show last week where I do the rankings update, once McCaffrey was taking off the injury report, I bumped him up to number six in the rankings. Like, oh, he's not hurt anymore. This is fine. We can use him. When it looked like he couldn't walk seven days ago, that was going to be a problem for putting him in your starting lineup. Once he was off the report, good enough for me. Rashad White at number 18, Isaiah Pacheco at number 19, and Zonovan, consult your doctor. Knight at number 20, even with Michael Carter back. I think Michael Carter is going to be relegated to that like change of pace, Ty Johnson role that we saw against Minnesota, and Knight's going to be the primary ball handler. Or just basically what Michael Carter was with Brees Hall before. Yeah. So I can see that as well. Uh, the one, so I actually think it might be Travis Homer. Travis Homer's was an illness and was limited practice on Friday. I actually think he could be back. And if so, okay, let's I think talk, Homer leads. You think Homer leads then? I think Homer leads and DJ Dallas stays as the champion. But this is going to be very, I can see this being like 55-45, like kind of ruining both as in neither hits the top 20 now. Although, I mean, it is a super bye week. But uh, I can see, like for me, if I was doing the rankings right now, assuming Homer played, I'd go Pacheco. I'd go Knight. The Jeff Wilson thing, don't feel great. I mean, unless Mike McDaniel comes out today or tomorrow and is like, oh, Jeff Wilson was still dealing with an injury. It just wasn't this, you know, we wanted to keep him limited. I know the game script went sideways, but still, that's no excuse for what just happened the two weeks before with Jeff Wilson to all of a sudden just write him out of the game. But I'd probably put, like, Travis Homer right there with Jeff Wilson and Damian Pierce and then DJ Dallas down by, like, Cam Akers and Latavius Murray. So they'd be like a fringe RB2 and then a high-end RB3. So that's where I would go with them. So I'm with you. I would have Homer over DJ Dallas in this spot too. And it was an illness, but he also has a knee injury too. So he was in limited in practice okay. with the knee injury. Then he had the illness and then he was out. So he was still in limited practice anyway. So I don't know whether he's going to be back. We're pretty sure Ken Walker's not playing though, aren't we? Mm, that's it's a jammed ankle where it says that there was like a strain on both sides it's a, it's of it. It's a in the unique same spot. ankle injury. Anytime you hear unique next to injury, yeah, that guy's not coming back. <laughs> oh, so it, it, this is what I said on the podcast yesterday. Forget all like figuring out what the jam is, the unique, like whatever it is. I go by body language, and you saw it, Pat. The dude went to the sideline. Things were getting wrapped up. His head was down like he just blew out his ACL. People were patting him on the back. He tried to stand up on it and immediately shook his head. No, that's not... Come, he's not coming back this week. I, I cannot see how he's coming back this week. The one person that I have sat here and said something about for multiple weeks is now too high, Pat. Jamal Williams is now too high. I know all he does is score touchdowns. I, I've, had him in the same, I've had him in the same spot like every week. I know, and I kept trying to get you to push him up, and every single week we should have pushed him up because he scores a touchdown. You're right in what you say. When he doesn't score a touchdown, the floor is pretty terrible. Well, Here's the issue now, what we're coming out of. I I made the joke. I tweeted during the game and made the joke that all he does is score touchdowns. However, 
Minnesota's defense, as you mentioned, pretty good. Not great. But DeAndre Swift was over 50% in that game. Jamal Williams was in the 30% range. That's concerning. That's like now you're even as you were right this entire time, but he kept scoring touchdowns. So it looks like you're wrong. I'm not saying you were wrong. It's just you were 100% right this entire time. You can say I'm wrong. That's it's fine. just he kept. I'm wrong, I'm wrong all the time. No, no, no. He just kept scoring touchdowns. But now the floor is there with now DeAndre Swift having 50%. I actually think they should almost be back-to-back now at this point. How much of DeAndre Swift's playing time came because they were up by 25 points? I don't know that it was. There was but can, we say, but can, we, can we say that it wasn't? No, no, that's what I was about to say. This seems to be conflicting reports from beat reporters. Like, oh, you know, he's finally, he was finally 100%, which, I, I mean, it kind of felt like he was before, but maybe he wasn't. And he was finally 100% cleared and not on the injury report. But I feel like we've done that dance before. Uh, I just go to this kind of a matchup. You know, maybe they want to play the ground and pound when they get to the goal line. But before they get to the goal line, I can see this being like Matt Forte back in the day. All the work between the 20s, and then he loses out to whoever they decide to bring in. Who was it? Jordan Howard. In this case, Jamal Williams. It was was Jordan Howard. Yeah. Is Jamal Williams the the new Jordan Howard, but better? (laughs) I mean, he's better than Jordan Howard. So anyway, point being, even with Carter back, I feel better about Knight than I do Jamal Williams because you're banking. I would actually just put Jamal Williams at 20 and probably play Swift a few spots higher, but not I, I'm not. I'm not going back to Damian Pierce over DeAndre Swift off that game against Cleveland. That was his high. That's his high water mark at this and point look, of the season. We, we argued. Uh, we argued about that last week. I was willing to take the plunge one more time with Pierce in that matchup. Now I'm. Yeah, off. we did. Now I'm off. Now I have him at 22, yeah. which is around the spot yeah, of yeah, all the other yeah. like crappy, but still get a ton of work running backs. <laughs> so almost, yeah, exactly. But against Dallas, all I'm saying is to flip flop him. I'm just saying put Pierce at 25 and Swift at 22. I don't know how good I feel about that. So the 21 through 30 is Jeff Wilson, <laughs> Damian Pierce, Donta Foreman, Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, your boy, Cam Akers, Latavius Murray, James Cook, Samaje Pirine, and Raheem Mostert. What is going on with Singletary and Cook? Was that a one-game aberration? Is this Has this flipped? Because this now has, not only do you still have Josh Allen in the mix to like steal rushing yards and steal touchdowns like we've always talked about in the Bills' backfield, now you don't know who's going to play running back. <laughs> that seems like a recipe mm, for disaster. And we've done this before. I just, look, I argued with Funston on our podcast yesterday because he was like, James Cook is my top pickup of the week. And I'm like, Please good, go good, right ahead. Good pick up, start yeah. James Cook again. Well, good pickup. Sure. Have. But d- start him against me. I, I hope you start him against. Me. I just don't trust. And Jets aren't the best matchup. Uh, I just don't trust this. We've done this before. And we've done it with Zach Moss. And I'm not saying James Cook isn't better than Zach Moss because he is. But we've messed around with this backfield before. It's been one week where they went to somebody else and then they went right back to Singletary. And then they go back to all. Everybody's. I was going to say all three of them, but uh, all three, including Josh Allen, is that everybody gets involved and it ruins all the running backs. So, yeah, you ha- if James Cook is floating out there, especially because of Singletary got hurt, is maybe he turns out to be last year's Singletary, which was on that run when he was getting all the work. But the problem is James Cook's also 5'10", a buck 70. Like, go look it up. I mean, maybe he's a buck 80, whatever he is. He's say, light I, as hell. There, there, is a, there is a chance that he's not exactly the same size as me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it's 180 though, 5'10", 180, and he's going to get killed. And because if you give him 20 touches, and I, I just say that like for that point, yeah, James Cook could be the lead and keep him in that 13 to 17 range, which if we knew that, if we knew that he was, and that Singletary was only going to see 30, 35%, then yeah, I, I feel great about James Cook, but I would still, as you have, I would still rank Singletary over Cook. But I have them both risky, as you do, as a low-end. Singletary is your last RB2. Cook is in the high-mid range of RB3s. I think that's where they deserve to be. Could Cook finish inside the top 15 again? Absolutely. But it's just you have to understand. The thing is, we're not saying don't play them. Just understand the risk you're getting into when you play them. Yeah, and the reason that they continue to be elevated into the 20s is that I think they both have substantial reward by playing them, but it is infused with all of that downside that goes along with it. It's no different than Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift, honestly. Like, Cam Akers, if he's used in that exact same way on Thursday night against the Raiders, he should have a good game. Will he be used that way? Fucking if I know. (laughs) No, I, I played Fournette over Cam Akers still. I'm not, there's no way I'm yeah, going I, I did, to I, Sean McVay. I, I did these rankings before the Monday night game before. It was just like, oh, Fournette's just going to be the guy again. <laughs> uh, so, like, 
this 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 whole Sean McVay sat here and told us ever since the draft how much he loves Kyron Williams. Last week, depending well, I guess if you're listening to this, we'll say week twelve, Kyron Williams gets seventy percent of the snaps and Cam Akers is down in the thirty range, gets all the passing game work, and then we hit week thirteen and it's like, oh, we're gonna unlock and unleash Cam Akers eighty percent of the game. And what I I'm not messing with it. It's a sh- I was going to curse on your show again. It's a crap team. It's a cr- there's no way I want to play this game on a crap team. So I was I would have Cam Akers behind Fournette. I would go all the way down to Kareem Hunt. I would have him over Kyron Williams, but I'd put him all the way down by Kareem Hunt. I'll, I'll put him at 29. Uh, actually, you know what? I no, I, I spelled Cam Akers. You played P. Ryan over him. Uh, no, I think I'd play Akers over P. Ryan this week. Like I had P. Ryan <sighs> at 30. That's about where I think that he should go. I moved Forna up to 27, though, one spot behind Latavius Murray. Is there a difference between Dante Foreman and Latavius Murray at this point? Mm, yes. Because Foreman's better? I th- well, I mean, yeah, but I also think... <laughs> the funny thing is, is, I also think Hubbard's more of a threat. Just because yeah, but you, what you and I have talked about. What, watching those... But I, this is why I like this particular matchup for him. Like, at Seattle, I think it'll be within seven most of the time, which means that Dante Foreman won't get scripted out of the game. And you can run all over Seattle. If there's one thing Foreman does, man, he runs hard. He is a difficult person to tackle. Oh, yeah. It's just like trying to bring down like a steel beam or something. I don't know what the hell he is. I, I don't, I don't want to bounce. It's like Derek Henry. He well, was running at me and I played football. I'd be like, I'm, oh, I'm done. I die, but I wouldn't even try it. If he is a steel beam against this Seattle Seahawks defense, Pete Carroll knows don't try to use jet fuel to get him. <laughs> That's true. So where do you have Mike Boone? Because uh, that's I have, the problem with Latavius Murray. I have Boone way down. Like he didn't do anything. This week, I no, a, but I, they I used them a lot. And I am at forty eight. Like I don't see him doing anything. Like they're pretty committed to Murray at this point. Like what? Like the only mm, valuable, they, t- the only valuable touches that Boone is going to get potentially are catches out of the backfield. If it's on the goal line, it's right. going to be Murray. If it's between the twenties and he's carrying the ball, it's going to be Latavius Murray. So unless they get down, which is plausible, but the Chiefs have played down to the, like the Denver defense is good. The Chiefs have played down to competition most of the year. I could see Murray playing 70% of the snaps again. And then Mike Boone is legitimately useless because Denver scores nine points a game. <laughs> right. But I think you, so you're more positive on Denver being able to limit Kansas city than I am. So oh, okay. Yeah, I am. That. Okay. That that is your boy. The goon keeps getting these stupid goal line carries. Cause he's all, cause they're just Houston's down by so much the entire time that it, it was two weeks <laughs> in a row. He scored the touchdown. I think it was two weeks ago. It's like, Oh yeah. Pierce is in. It's like, that's not Pierce. That's 33. It's like, damn it. And I'm watching the game this week. So oh, here we go. A draw handoff from the five yard line. It's like, yes, Pierce. No, that's not Pierce. That's, that's the goon again. What? Why do they keep using this idiot? Uh, because Damian Pierce isn't that good. He's like, pretty good. He's good. I know. I will. And this is coming from somebody that, Prop them up coming out of college to say like all that like oh he only ever handled 170 touches and blah blah like you know okay that was his use in college that doesn't mean he can't handle more but the biggest attractor from him is that his workload is starting to build up although he had a fine game last week but also the passing game work they just don't trust him that much in the passing game and I think my guess would be this not that like a lot of teams are really fooled by it but my guess would be if the goon is in there there's the least threat that you're passing at the goal line. If Damian Pierce is in there, you just know they're going to try and run it up the gut and get the touchdown. So I think that's what they're doing here. I don't think that Houston has thought that far ahead. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> the co- Just because the team is trash doesn't mean the coaches are complete dumbasses. Yeah, but I think I think they're trying to really like hold on to that number one pick. So they're they're doing the they're pulling a Costanza. They're doing the opposite of what they're supposed to be doing. But then that would work. I guess suppose in that context the oppos- it would work. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think yeah. they know if they gave it to Damian Pierce three times at the goal line, like he might get in. So they have to give it to this other guy. <laughs> that's the that's so they're doing basically uh the Jeff Saturday, like, oh I didn't know I could call timeouts. Oh, yeah. we lost the game, darn. <laughs> I, I don't know the rules of football. That that's too tough <laughs> for me. What me know? <laughs> First pick, second pick, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we'll, we'll 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 compete with Dallas for three quarters, and we'll just give up thirty three points in the fourth. Don't worry about that. Hey, that's you tank without tanking. Make it look competitive. I mean, the, him winning the first week bought him so much goodwill that they aren't tanking that now he can just openly tank and no one questions it. 
<laughs> I mean, if they went back to Ellinger, that would just be like the, the all telltale right there. Uh, anything else we need to talk to about running backs? I guess J.K. Dobbins could come back this week. I don't think that he is, but he's eligible to come back now. He's been activated, so he has three weeks to return. Do you have any interest in this Ravens backfield with Huntley? Mainly because it seems like they're probably going to lean on the run a whole lot more now. I would if we knew Dobbins was going to be used 100%. Or if he was out, then I would have interest in Gus Edwards again as like a RB2 and hopefully punches one in. And that's really where their appeal comes in. But the problem is, is if Dobbins is activated and then... Is it Dobbins just as the lead with the timeshare with Gus Edwards and they both get about 12 to 15 touches? Yay! But <laughs> does that even happen? Is it first game back? And it's kind of like what the Lions were doing with their wide receivers. He only sees like seven touches and it's still mostly Gus Edwards. So I think that's the problem. I don't think we're going to get a clear report on that unless some beat reporter out there tells us what they've seen inside the, or heard inside the locker room and that Dobbins looks 100% and they're finally ready to unleash him. They haven't. The one thing I will say that potentially feels positive is like he's already come back, already left because he aggravated injuries. And maybe that if they're going to activate him, they're like, they're not doing it unless he is 100%. Then maybe Dobbins, oh, slightly over Edwards, but it's, it's, it's so risky. You might as well play James Cook over both of them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, my listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Here's why I love it, because I can just check in on what's going on in my house at all times. And it gives me that extra feeling that when I'm out, that if I do need to check in, or even if I don't check in, that someone will be monitoring my home and that just makes me feel a whole lot better. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, a third year in a row. And in case of emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/mayo today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com/mayo. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
Wide receiver rankings for week number 14 going to the very top of the wide receivers. And who do we see? Justin Jefferson, that guy's number one against Detroit. Tyreek, Devontae, Stephen Diggs, Amon Ra, St. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, with no Mike Williams. <laughs> I think we just assume there's no Mike Williams until <laughs> Mike Williams is on a football field. That's, that's the easiest way to do the rankings at this point. Allen Higgins, Godwin, Metcalf, Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett, Debo Samuel, and Amari Cooper. I actually bumped up uh, Debo over Ayuk a little bit more. Actually, I have Ayuk at number 23, but it really did seem like Dirty Purdy. It was just like, here, here, Debo Samuel, you have the ball. Maybe you can do something with it after you catch it. Pretty good strategy, really. Well, so, oh, yeah, that's the thing with Purdy is that the difference between the two is I think the biggest ding goes to Ayuk for the downfield and the touchdown upside. I think if you're looking at Purdy for what he can do, and where his success would come from, it's going to be hitting Kittle and Debo short and letting him do stuff after the catch and dump it off the Christian McCaffrey. I think for my ranks, Ayuk's going to be lower. Uh, I'm worried about the touchdown equity, especially against Tampa Bay. Here's the thing about Tampa Bay, too, is they've been strong all year against wide receivers, but they've been especially strong and almost shut down versus number two wide receivers. And in this case, I definitively think it's Ayuk. And I don't know that he gets a touchdown or even gets more than like 40, 50 yards in this game. Uh, so I would have Ayuk behind, definitely behind Juju, even against Denver. Uh, and then he, like, Ayuk would fall into that range with like Pickens could get you one or 12. And I think that's where, I think that's kind of where Ayuk is now with Purdy at quarterback. Yeah, we talked about quarterbacks and tight ends, how there was a drop-off. Uh, almost like that week, I think it was week 11, whatever it was, when you looked at the wide receivers, you're like, oh my god, half of the top 20 receivers are not playing this week. This isn't good. It's this range of wide receiver this week that really takes the hit. So if you don't have this deep core at wide receiver, you know, you're know you playing like what are normally wide receiver four and fives as your wide receiver threes. Because I have the corpse at Mike Evans at number 21, Palmer, uh, Hollywood Brown, Devonta Smith, Juju, I dropped Ayuk just for you, down to number 26. And it's like Mac Hollins, Jerry Judy without Cortland Sutton. Sutton still may play, but it's not looking great at the moment. Pickens, Corey Davis, Deontay Johnson, the, the king of expected fantasy points, Deontay Johnson, Gabe Davis, <laughs> Darius Slayton, Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Zay Jones, Tyler Boyd, Jacoby Myers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who may be the worst player of all time to have customized earrings with his initials on it, is my take on MBS. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going at that. I thought you were going to say he's like the best worst player of all time, as in like he's just not good, but he still somehow does it because he's on the Chiefs or something. I wasn't expecting it to be about the earrings. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't believe it. They showed him on the side. After he dropped the touchdown, he made two incredible catches down the field. They show him he just has MVS, like two dangling earrings. I was like, really? He has his own customized earrings. I did, would not have put MVS on that, but here we are. So you said the king of expected points. I would actually play, and I know it's been a little bit shaky lately, especially with his quarterback play, but at this point, we joked about it last week, Deontay Johnson is Jacoby Myers. I'd play Jacoby Myers, given their matchups over Deontay Johnson at this point. Really? So would you vault up Jacoby Myers, or would you drop Deontay Johnson? I think a mix of both. So would I like you go, Jacoby would you go Darius more Slayton? than Donovan Peoples-Jones. Would, would, do you like him more than Nico Collins? This is assumes no Brandon that's, Cooks. That's, I know, and it's but it's against Dallas. I'd probably go. Jaco- I'd probably go. I don't like Slayton against Philly because I like, else does Philly I like, have to stop? I like Slayton against everyone. The, the Giants only have three plays, and one of them is bomb to Darius Slayton, <laughs> and he comes down. Sure, with but does that get complete? Don't forget that the Isaiah Hodgins all of a sudden uh, the past couple games. Hey, but D- Darius, Slayton, Darius Slayton has hit his over-receiving pop, prop in six straight games. Like They force the ball to him, and he's actually really good at coming down with the ball in traffic. He is. The problem is Daniel Jones is not very good. I mean, you see, look at Washington's game. When you put the game, how many times have I said this to you this year? When you put the game on Daniel Jones' shoulders or legitimately his arm, it doesn't work. I mean, they scuttled through the fourth quarter and overtime to get that damn tie because he couldn't do anything when they were asking him to do things. So you need Daniel Jones when he's not expected to do anything. Against Philly, 
they, I, I sure he's going to bomb it up to Slayton. I don't know. He comes down with any of them just because of who he's facing because it's Slay and it's, it's Jackson or not Jackson. Um, ah, now I have a brain for it. James Bradbury. Like I just, I just don't know that Slayton. Like I just don't trust him this week. You, I, you, and I've you, been the Slayton you, guy. You, you just don't like Slayton. You can say that. I've had Slayton in the waiver column for like half the year, and he's been like the, one of the top pickups. So I am the Slayton guy who's finally, finally over 60% rostered. Finally. Good for but him. I would go Jacoby over Slayton. I, that's, I put Jacoby at 33. All right. So and I, I put Deontay behind Zay Jones against. That's the kind of conversation I'm having in my mind right now. All right, Zay I'll, Jones against Kansas Tennessee I'll, I'll, I'll keep him ahead of Zay Jones. So I'll go Slayton. I'm going to keep Slayton ahead of Myers. I'm going to go Slayton, Myers, Collins, Peoples-Jones, Deontay Johnson, Zay Jones is the way that I'll have okay. it done. Uh, no trail in Burks. I, I don't expect him to play this week because I, he might have mush for brains at this point. Uh, Tutu Atwell is number 43. I mean, the Rams just like to incorporate Tutu Atwell into everything that they're doing. They're like, hey – have you ever heard of Curtis Samuel? Well, imagine a guy who's a bit faster, but way worse in terms of skill. That's Tutu Atwell. <laughs> and smaller. And way smaller. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> but like, you need a Curtis oh, you Samuel have... replacement? Tutu Atwell's your man. You have Donkey Kong Shark in your ranks. DK yeah, I, I, Shark. I, I, just, D- I, I just changed that. I saw that. I was like, yeah, DK Shark. <laughs> that guy fucked me so bad last week. I had the under on him of 41 and a half receiving yards. He got 42 on his first catch. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what I, he, had oh. beat, he had beat the total once all year. I heard Jamison Williams got activated. I was like, even better. He probably no. won't even be on the field. No, no. All of a sudden, we're thrown to him again. <laughs> Oh, you should have talked to me. This is one of the few times you should have talked to me beforehand. I, I actually had Chark still as a sleeper for this week because the, the Lions have done this. The Lions, every time they bring back a healthy player from an injury, they barely let, use him in that first game. They did it with Josh Reynolds. They did it with DJ Chark. And then they did it with Jameson Williams, who, by the way, also spent time on the gutter unit. So I, I think there's a higher ceiling for Jameson Williams going forward. But until you see him actually get the significant work also in the passing game, because the one target, some of his snaps were on the kneel downs. So that's the word. But yeah, until then, DJ Chark, uh, I'm looking down your ranks before if there's anybody else. I mean, really, it's a bad week. Like you I mean, you're talking about you have Trent Sherfield inside the top 50. Yeah, like I have Gallup at 59 just because he's, I mean, he's far more bust than he is boom. But against the Texans, if they start taking deep shots for no reason with Gallup, but if he doesn't score early, he's not getting a target in the second half. Yeah, he possibly doesn't even get involved. And what do you have, 40 yards on those two touchdowns? It wasn't even huge. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to quarterbacks for the week. Uh, with so many guys on by, you probably know who you're going to play. But in case you have some decisions to make, I have Jalen Hurts at number one against the Giants. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert. That's the top five. Jano at number six. Dak, Tua, Jared the Goof, and Kirk Cousins, nine and ten. Got Kyler, Trevor Lawrence, Mike White, Derek Carr. Tom Brady, Mac Jones, Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, your boy, Tyler Huntley. I don't like this matchup for Tyler Huntley at all. Because? Because Pittsburgh's defense is actually good. Mm, but he, that's not where I'm not worried about Huntley for passing. Just he's going to run. Well, that that's great and everything. But when he runs you know, 11 times for 51 yards, it's not really doing you anything. It is if he throws for two hundred and one touchdown. Do you think that he's gonna, do you think gonna, that he's going to throw for two hundred against Pittsburgh? Yeah, I yeah. know their defense was better, but I think he I think he could throw for two hundred against Pittsburgh. I mean, it's possible that he throws for two hundred against Pittsburgh, but if he's rushing this many times to pile up this yardage, it's just they have no one to throw to outside of Mark Andrews. Uh, Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> Mahomes, it's, it's Mahomes, Mahomes couldn't make him good. <laughs> but all of a sudden, he's been good three of the last four games. He's been like, okay. Define good, please. Yeah. He had one good uh, game. I was going to say. <laughs> no, he had one great game. <coughs> one great, excuse me. One great game. The other two were good, and then one was really a stinker. But she should have. That's Demarcus Robinson. He should have come down with that touchdown. That's his fault. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've had some pretty severe drop problems. In that same game when he dropped the touchdown, Andrews dropped the easy touchdown as well. Oh, Listen, by the way, yes. Andrews is my fault, by the way, because I traded for him right before he started stinking. I traded for him, too. Leagues. It's both of our faults. 
My, I, I, <laughs> traded, I traded. We for ruined Lamar. Mark Andrews for everybody. I, I, I traded for Lamar and Andrews for my stretch run, and it just it's going very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We've ruined Mark Andrews. And by the way, you know Kelsey is about to double him up as the second. Like he's still Andrews is still number two at tight end. Kelsey's almost about to double him up in points. I mean, this is the argument that we have every year that I feel like the one thing that I've been very correct about over the past five years is just like, take Travis Kelsey at the back end of the first round. He might not necessarily finish as the best tight end, but he does always finish as the best tight end. And all the other tight ends who are quote unquote good, they come and go. They go up and down. He doesn't. Yeah. I mean, remember Mark, Mark Andrews was a few picks behind him in ADP. It was like not two, work out. three years ago, it was George Kittle. And then it was Darren Waller one year. Yeah, so just if you don't get Kelsey, just wait. <laughs> wait and wait and wait and then still wait some more. Probably. So you want to talk about it? anybody else at quarterback before we talk about these wonderful tight ends? No, I, I, I have Mike White 13 against Buffalo. I just think he's going to throw like in every non-Zach Wilson game this year. I think the Jets are averaging 55 passing attempts. <laughs> because the other quarterbacks know how to play quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I like Darnold. I have a problem with that. I like Darnold more than I like Huntley. Yeah, I know. This will be interesting. We have to watch this one. Okay. We'll do. Everything's gonna, you're going to win it if Darnold runs in for a touchdown. and you're gonna, Unless Huntley finds the way to run one in, too. Tight ends. Kelsey Andrews at number two. <laughs> Hawkinson, <laughs> Fryermuth. I mean, there's a case you can make that Fryermuth is the second best tight end right now. And I don't think it's that hard to push back against that. But I have him at number four. Schultz, Everett, Kittle, Evan Ingram, Foster Moreau. I need to take Hayden Hurst out as he is now doubtful for the week for the Cincinnati Bengals with that calf injury. Greg Dulcich then becomes number 10. Henry, Conklin, Harrison Bryant, assuming no David Njoku. Dawson Knox, Taysom Hill, Tyler Higby, Noah Fant, Jordan Akins, Austin Hooper. Fun times had by all on the tight end front this week. Mm. Uh, hope you have your guy. I would. Uh, well, that's what I was about to say. I would stream Bellinger over Higby at this point. First game back already involved. You want to talk about their second option. First game back with that eye and that he was tons of use before you had this eye kind of poked out of his face. Uh, Higby has been nothing for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'd stream Bellinger over him. Higby did more last week with Wofford at quarterback. I think he was yeah, but is he going to be a waffer for the entire game? I would think so. Who else are they going to bring in? They're not bringing in Perkins. He's terrible. Uh, he is terrible, but I mean, McVay even said there you could see Perkins just involved, period, in that game, and it didn't happen. But, I mean, Walford hasn't been 100% healthy. And stuff. I'm just saying, I'd go Bellinger over uh, just streaming tight ends if you need one. Bellinger I, I, I over like, I like the Giants game. suck. Daniel Jones can't do anything. You know who you should play? The fourth option. <laughs> he's the second option. He's not the and second. And he's the tight end. That's all Darryl. Daniel Jones has to go to. Oh, it's a second passing option after Darius Slayton. No, it's Slayton, then Barkley, then Hodgins, and then Bellinger. Nah. We'll I do mean, that. Top 20. There you go. Bellinger, do it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll put him at number 19. I'll put him a spot ahead of Austin Hooper for you. <laughs> Why do you even rank Austin Hooper? I don't know, because I need to fill out the ranking somehow. I have Will you don't have to go 27. You could have stopped at 20. I suppose I could have, but I didn't. I just have a list of names, and I rearrange them every single week to see how it goes. Uh, let's see okay. here. Defenses. To close this off. Uh, Dallas, number one. Buffalo, San Francisco, Philly, and KC are the top five. And then I have Tennessee, New England, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Seattle. Those are my top ten in defenses this week. Do you have uh, any ones you want to throw in there? I think if you're in a pinch, you can play Vegas Thursday night against the Rams. Mm, so you have Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Uh, I think you could play Arizona. Where do you have You don't have Arizona? No. Arizona's A, defense sucks. B, they're going to get run all over. If, I mean, Mac Jones can't do crap. You can get a pick or two just by Mac Jones attempting five passes. Well, just if you need streamer options, you have all the other streamer options. Good. I was just throwing out another one. I'd play, I'd play before Detroit's defense, which even I know is playing better. I'd still play before Detroit's defense going against Minnesota. I uh, I wouldn't. I don't want to play Arizona's defense at all. Arizona's defense is really bad. 
And again, they're going to face um, a team that is primarily going to run on them, which just does not. And what I know they just showed up last week, but look at who are they facing. I would play them over Cleveland. I'm not touching Cleveland's defense against yeah, Cle- Cincinnati. Cleveland's D. They, they've got they've got Cincinnati figured out. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. back to tight ends. You forgot one too. You forgot a Conquu. Oh yeah. How dare I? No, no, no. Seriously, that's who you should have instead of Hooper for Tennessee. Sure. Seriously. Okay. Just uh, the Jake Seeley Memorial Ogonquin Award. Well, I'll put him in. Great. <laughs> Fine. Remember that when people are searching for tight ends. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why you're here. You're the expert. I'm just a guy making lists. Love to make lists. That's about all I do. <laughs> All right, that will do it on the Week 14 edition of the Rankings Debate on the Pat Mayo Experience. Your rankings on theathletic.com come out when midnight tonight? Midnight 01? I do, including the top, or I didn't finish the, maybe it's going to be 15 or 20. It's the worst Christmas songs of all time. I've done all the good lists with Christmas. This year is the worst one. What's the worst one? I haven't decided there's so many in contention. I mean, like... The hippopotamus and two front teeth and Dominic the donkey, all that stuff. The there's there's plenty. Never heard of any of. You never heard. Yes, you, you've heard all I want for Christmas about two front teeth. Oh, I, oh, I, I when you say it all, I, you're talking about teeth. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that. Are a lot of these like church songs? Yeah. No, there. But I do have some of those in there. The like the hymnal ones that sound like you should be singing them on Sunday morning at church. Yeah. Like the one, the one about Christmas shoes makes the list. Like I want to be depressed about my grandma dying and buying Christmas shoes on Christmas. Thanks. That one sounds fun. You never heard the Christmas shoes one. You got to remember stuff just kind of goes in one ear out the other ear. I just, I hear Christmas music. I just kind of block it out of my mind. doesn't bother me either way. It's like my wife hates that like blippy and bluey are on the TV when the kids are watching. She's like, how can you stand sitting here watching? It's like, I just block it out. I don't even notice it's on. That was a terrible timed pause, by the way. You're like, I just said block things out that I don't want to hear. Like my wife. Who think like that was a bad pause. It's a dramatic pause, Jake. (laughs) It was bad. It was a bad time. Don't let your wife hear that sentence. She'll hear it. And she'll have a good laugh over it, too. We have a fun relationship that way. Anyway, Jake Seeley at Kid is where you can follow him. His rankings come out tonight at theathletic.com. Additionally, all my rankings are down in the description. They'll update every week. The injury report will be in the newsletter, as will the secret link to the spread show on Tuesday evening. So go check that out as well. And play in the DraftKings Listeners League. Okay, that link is now live. Get your spot and win some cash in week 14. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.